0: Okay, the sower, or the farmer, is Jesus. And it's Jesus' disciples going forth. And they're they're spraying the seed. And what's the seed? The seed is the gospel. That Jesus saves sinners. That He died and rose again. That any who turn from their sin and repent and believe on Christ can be saved. Can enter into his kingdom. And then there are different soils. We'll look at that, the condition of one's heart, the receptivity we have. How receptive are we to this good news of Christ's coming and bringing forth his kingdom, the kingdom of God? And what is it like? Now, the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is sort of synonymous the same thing. It's God's rule and reign, his sovereign saving rule over all things, over the whole of universe. Psalm 103, verse 19 says this. It says the Lord has established his throne in heaven, his kingdom rule over all, over all things. That's our theology. And, and yet there's also a sense that the kingdom of God reigns within us, within those who have repented and turned and received Christ. We're just saying about with the king of my what? My heart king of the universe yes and amen but may the king of my heart and so there's a personal dynamic there's a responsiveness to the message we need to respond each and every one of you needs to respond to this gospel message uh, the message of king jesus ruler savior messiah has come and those that receive it those that have hearts ready to receive, ears to hear, and eyes to see, enter into this kingdom, into this new realm that's invading the earth, where we're seeing God's rule and reign, not only over creation. It says, uh, Jesus says when the Pharisees tell, hey, tell your people to stop uh, cheering for you. He says, even if you stop them, the rocks themselves will cry out. And not only over all of creation, but over his people, the church, the coming of the kingdom. Those are the ones that are received and receiving the blessing of Christ here and now and into life to come. Shockingly and truthfully, and the full message be clear, there are those that will not receive. There are those that will defy God's authority, to deny the creator's existence. Romans 1 and 2 says, it takes so much faith to believe there's no God. And yet there are many that do. And there are those that defame the name that is above every name. And those are the ones who will not enter the kingdom of God. Jesus was clear about this from the outset of his ministry. Crystal clear, Mark 1.15, his opening message. Here was his opening salvo. Repent, for the kingdom of God is close at hand. His kingdom appearing in first century Palestine was quite a strange thing. It was countercultural. It was like a, an upside down kingdom. Who ever heard of a king who wins by losing? Who ever heard of a warrior who, who receives and gains by giving away, showing love and mercy? It was an upside down world. And, and the Pharisees, to all the Jews that were hearing this message, were so confused. By how countercultural it was, how upside down that kingdom appeared. But to those who had eyes to see and ears to hear, their world was being turned right side up again. So this summer, we are studying the kingdom of God. It is like, meaning, these are the parables of Jesus. These parables are stories, they're, they're uh, illustrations that he used. He would try to tie them into something that the people of that time, first century Palestine, could relate to. Think of it as being a very agricultural community, and so parables of of farmers sowing seed, parables about dealing with weeds and thorns. Uh, David's going to be dealing with the ten virgins. I'm not sure what you're going to do with the ten virgins sermon, but I'll be on vacation, so you'll cover that. But these are all things that the people at the time could make sense of. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Now, my prayer for us is that we would know But today we live in what's called according to scripture the last days these are the last days the kingdom is not just some theoretical understanding of 2000 years ago it's not also just some future hope the kingdom is here the kingdom is invading and my prayer is that we would understand and see and hear the calling of christ to live out the kingdom implications in our jobs at work, at, you guys are on summer break, but when you go back to school in our neighborhoods, because that's what we're meant to do. That's what we're called to do, to bring forth God's kingdom. So let's look at this beginning of, of uh, Matthew here. Uh, we're actually two-thirds of the way uh, into Jesus's ministry, chapter 13. Jesus has been preaching this message, just boldly laying it out, explicitly teaching the people of the kingdom of god we have his great sermon on the mount you've heard it said but i say to you he left nothing to doubt that's why people were so upset with him but they were coming the crowds were coming to hear jesus teach and so it says here in matthew he records that jesus stepped into a boat sat down pushed off from shore a little way so everyone can hear just imagine the the just the natural natural acoustics of of a lakefront there in the Sea of Galilee. So everyone could hear at least 100 yards out if the sound was bouncing off the water. So they could hear and they had seen miracles. Some of them, in fact, had experienced healing, the touch of Jesus. They'd seen it all around them. They heard and they saw and they experienced, and yet so many did not believe him. They were attracted to what he was doing. They were interested in what was going on. They wanted to to be on the forefront of what was happening, what was it, so they could go home and tell their friends of all the things that they had seen and all the things that they had learned. And yet the message was not landing on them. Their bellies were being filled. They were were getting free meals. They were being taken care of. There was community being built. There were probably songs songs being sung, but they weren't singing for the king. According to scripture, Israel had waited a long, long time for the coming of their king, the coming of their kingdom. And yet, so many of them missed it. So just imagine Jesus standing before the crowds, speaking these words of life and love and hope. And the response of the crowd is, meh. So our Lord says, "Those who have ears to hear, let them hear." It's so ironic, don't you think? Just making sure our Gen X folks are being represented. <laughs> He's speaking in parables. He's talking stories. this first story about a farmer who sows seeds, a farmer who sows seeds, and the seed goes out into four types of soil. One that's, that's hard, one that's shallow, one that's thorny, and here's the irony, it's a sad I- ironic truth. He's speaking to people whose hearts are hardened and shallow and caught up in the worldly things. And they're nodding along, but they are not getting what he's laying down. It's here in Matthew 13 that we're jumping way into the Gospel of Matthew and late into Jesus's ministry where he stops teaching explicitly and starts only teaching in this story form. The parabolic parabolic discord, if you want the fancy term for it, he just talks in these stories that some people think are riddles and and they're they're strange and what do they mean and what's happened. Every story has a big aha moment, a big like, whoa, that that was unexpected. Now the disciples are watching this. They're seeing this change in style. They're seeing Jesus go from just explicitly laying it out as I did from the very beginning and now talking about farming technique. And they're confused. And they're confused because they look around and people are mumbling and like muttering. The the more coughs you hear in the audience, the more a preacher knows people aren't listening. And they're thinking, what are you doing, Jesus? What? why aren't you just speaking it clearly? We have a good thing going here. They're, they're not going to come back if you keep speaking in these riddles. What's Jesus' response? Why does he have this new style? So Nate came up, Elder Nate came, he read uh, the first, uh, the first eight, uh, nine verses that were the parable, and then what did he do? He jumped to verse 18. Sneaky, sneaky Nate. And he read Jesus' explanation of it. Who is that explanation given to? Only to the disciples. The crowds heard the message about a sower and soil. Only the disciples heard the interpretation. This is so important that you get this from the outset of our series about the kingdom of God. Listen to what they say, what he says to them in response to this question. Verse 10. The disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Jesus, why why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak in parables, and he quotes now from, from Proverbs and from Isaiah. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Prophecy, Isaiah spoke uh, to the children of Israel, pleading with them to turn back to God. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. And they've closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but do not see, and to hear what you hear, but do not hear. Jesus, what? why do you speak in parables? Because the secrets of the kingdom have been given to you and not to them. I speak in parables, he says, so that the truth will be revealed, so you will get it even more deeply, more powerfully, more richly in your life. And so it will be concealed for those whose hearts are hard and shallow and thorny. And we're never going to come to me in the first place. It's a hard word. Is that my job? No, no. We're to cast that seed wide. But Jesus is giving us, the gospel gives us an insight of what was happening there at the end of his ministry. Jesus, meek and mild, shepherd, lover of our souls. Yeah. And also the righteous judge who's coming again. Jesus said to his disciples, blessed are you that you hear and that you can see. It's by the grace of God that draws us that we're enabled to do this. And so we see here God's electing divine sovereign love and working out in these disciples who are dumbfounded, confused, like what is going on around here? And yet they're moved to be humbled. They're moved to to tears. They're moved to their knees even as those that they share this message with become more hardened. This passage is so interesting. Just before this, Jesus' mom and and, and siblings, he had siblings, they come to try to bring him home because they think he's kind of lost a screw or two. And just after the scene, he goes home, he goes back to his hometown of Nazareth. And what does it say there? It says they rejected him. Isn't that the carpenter's son? The crowd's had mostly rejected the plain teaching. And so because of their unresponsiveness in their hearts, Jesus switches it up to using parables. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So let's look at the parable with that context in mind and the understanding that Jesus gave to his disciples. And it's right here in printed form. And there's no secret here, right? It's, it's here. There's no... Gnostic no secret handshakes or anything. It's all right here. Let's look at it Now let's look at this parable and the parables as we look at them I told you uh, one thing. I'll tell you a second one thing. There's always a big twist. There's always a big reveal aha moment there's also a Characteristic that we don't want to stretch the parables too far Like if you look at this text a little bit too deeply someone around here who has a green thumb might say uh, Why is the farmer sowing the seed like carelessly all over the place? Why not just in the ground? Or why not go through and make sure all the rocks are... Don't, let's not stretch it too far. Let's just, let's just look at the text and understand Jesus is preparing his disciples that three out of four folks, and even more, will reject this message. Okay, there are four types of soil. Number one, he speaks of seed that, that fell along the path, the kind of hardened path. You think about like going around uh, Lake Wilderness, no need to, to pave it, right? Uh, Because it's already hard packed down. And because it's hard packed, the seed falls on that path. And the birds just have easy pickings. They swoop down and eat the seed. And Jesus says, this is the heart that's a hard heart. It's hard heart. Verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, that's the devil, comes and snatches it away, what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path seed never had chance it never had a chance. This is a person who uh, makes a commitment to follow Jesus but but it, but it doesn't go anywhere. Maybe they went to camp maybe they went to a mission trip maybe they came and visited our church but as soon as they get home eh, doesn't really do it for me. The second soil is is a rocky soil and so the it says that the, the soil is very shallow it says that seed gets in that little shallow soil but but when the sun comes up the plant is scorched because it has no roots so jesus says he explains that this seed has fallen on rocky ground it refers he says quote to someone who hears the word at once receives it with joy but since they have no root they last a short time listen to this when trouble or persecution comes why trouble, isn't it interesting, because of the word, because of this countercultural, upside-down kingdom type of living, because of the word, persecution comes, like, do you really believe that? That's when they get scorched, that's when they suffer, because they have no roots, and so you have someone who comes and just, yes, I believe, there's just joy, like, oh my goodness, this person's come on strong, they sign up for a small group, they're already ushering. They're serving in the community. They're doing community. Sure, community meals. Sign me up. This is me signing. <laughs> and yet then, something happens and like, where's Susie? Where, where are the Andersons? And you find out they bailed. They bailed because their coming was not built on a relationship with Christ. They said, well, you know, it just wasn't working for us. It wasn't working for you. We're talking about the, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're not about it. Music style changes. Get a different preacher. Inconvenience of the time. You know how it is. Kind of, it's not really working for me. It's shallow. It's shallow. The reality is God will never fail you. Rob just wrote and led us in a brand new worship song. He talked about the the fever breaking when we have doubt, but when I hear your name, it breaks. You don't get that. You hear that? I I, I can't sing, but even if you can sing, you can hear and sing those words, but to feel it and know where that comes from, it comes from roots that are deep, deep roots. Did that person lose their faith? Oh, I heard they lost their faith. Did they lose their faith? Sadly, they never had faith to begin with around church circles once saved always saved i would say to you i put forth to you once saved always following the test of discipleship is not if you receive the gospel in a moment of time or at camp or here on sunday morning or pray to prayer or walk this probably wide aisle the test is did you pick up your cross and follow him daily not for a season, not for a semester, not just while the kids are little, and I guess we should do the church thing, because we'll have kids to be good, moral kids, and it's just what we should do, but now they're out of the house, so hey, we're free. Not while you're working on your marriage, but now that you're separated, well, I guess I'm free to figure out myself. I'm planning hard, because you need to hear it coming out of a place of love. Is that a shallow faith, friends? shallow faith. Christians are not like cut flowers at Farmer's Market. Do you know Farmer's Market got some beautiful cut flowers? They will last till Friday if you're lucky. A Christian is like a tree planted, Psalm 1-3, planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. It means year-round and forever. And its leaf does not wither so this is a soil a heart condition that's shallow coming for the wrong reasons really that's what you're concerned the parking or the whatever I'm not speaking to him, I'm just coming up with just think you name it The carpet color I've, I've, I've faced it all conversations about everything you can think of in church <laughs> of reasons why people would walk out the door And Jesus is preparing me and you and the disciples for these soils the third soil is sown among thorns and so it so it grows up and yet it says it's choked out because of the worries of this life the cares of the world and quote deceitfulness of wealth uh choked the word making it unfruitful so we have the hard soil the shallow soil the thorny soil the satan gets to the first one suffering gets to the second just stuff gets to the third. It's like, how much stuff do you have? I've got a three-car garage. Are you kidding me? And it's full of stuff. I'm paying for all this stuff. Well, this is a person, even with all the stuff we have, but listen, listen to the difference. This is a person more concerned with worldly things than with godly things. More worried about skin care than soul care. It's so sad to see the anxieties of life and the pressures of life that all of us here are, are under. Career, goals, the, the pressures of that coming and sapping away what God's doing. It takes a while for a for, uh, crop to grow. It takes a while for thorns to grow, but those thorns come up. What a description that, that these thorns, these weeds, the slow process of of restricting, just so saturated in their life. Now just consider yourself right now. Are you saturated, just overly saturated in your life? Too busy, tired, more and more stuff, and yet you're feeling less and less full. One soil's hard, one is shallow, one is saturated, but one soil is what? I a big scarecrows around. Good. It's not good. It's not good in, it, in anything of itself. I'll be the first to say, I, I can be hard and shallow, saturated, and wanting more. But the farmer comes, the spirit softens, and turns, and prepares. And here's the big turn in the passage where Jesus says, When the, this uh, seed falls on this soil, it produces a crop here. And here's the big reveal because uh, uh, the best you could expect for is maybe 15 times. Five times would be great. It says here, 160, 30 times. That is an unthinkable big harvest. Verse 23, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and what? Understands it you want to glorify God, if you want to bear fruit in your life, if you want to live into what we're talking about this whole uh, season, this summer, about kingdom realities, of, of putting your priorities straight, of, of seeing amazing things happen in and through your life, you want to be good soil. You want to produce this kind of fruit. But it comes down to hearing and responding. Jesus doesn't say the good soil has zero hard spots, deep is super deep, no rocks or thorns, but he says this seed lands and grows. Grows in such a way that the devil can't snatch what God has sown in your heart, that nothing in this world will stop his love. Sown in such a way that despite circumstances, your joy will not be scorched. Weeping, uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 30, weeping may stay for the night, but joy returns in the morning sown in such a way that worldly cares will be put in right priority. Like, yeah, I've got a lot going on. uh, There's a lot happening. There's lots of moving parts, but I'm not controlled by them. Right? Jesus told this parable to his disciples to prepare them for what was coming. Three out of four. That's numbers. Again, we don't want to stretch it too far, but he's saying most people, disciples, apostles, martyrs, will not be standing with you. Jesus knew he'd be alone. You see, when it comes to the kingdom of God, this is the last point I want you to hear. It's not about professing faith. It's about possessing faith. Nothing, nothing to take it away from you. The result of hearing the gospel depends on the condition of your heart and my heart. What's beautiful about this is we're hearing it today. We're, you're hearing it right now. And some of us are hearing this, and are like, I do not like that preacher, man. He's messing with my personal business. And I'm just going to put more and more in my ears and close my eyes tighter. There are others among us who are leaning in. Like, you know, maybe I should check my... Pro- I should talk to somebody about it's not about manipulation the sower s- sows the seed the seeds not going to change it's not some manipulation with the lights oh, all these lights special song come down the aisle make that profession it's about making your own decision i will repent and i will turn and live a new life and enter the kingdom let's pray lord god help us to be those among us who are in your kingdom, help us, Lord, to be patient and prayerful for family members and friends and, and neighbors uh, that we love, Lord, that we care about. Help us, God, not to, to judge or to say, well, I, I know who's in that category. Oh, yeah, I We don't know. We don't know what you have planned, what you have in store in anyone's life. God, we just want to be humble before you now. Would you please, God, use each and every one of us to, to share what you've done in our lives. None of us here need to be a Bible expert. None of us here need to have all the perfect answers. Jesus, you spoke in riddles. And yet those who have a, had a heart ready for it, receive. So God, I pray that even the op- any opportunity we have to demonstrate the gospel, to speak gospel, to share the kingdom with our neighbors, we pray, Lord, those opportunities would come this summer. And anyone here, Lord God, who who feels that their heart is a little hard, would you soften it? A little shallow, would you deepen it? A little saturated, would you please, Lord, strain that out and bring new life and love into our lives? We pray in Jesus' name.